capital growth should be the key driver for the investment decision rather than cash flow. Welcome to the Get Invested podcast, where we share great conversations with experts from all walks of life to uncover their secret know-how and where they invest their time, their skills, and their money, and the benefits that this has created. You see, the truth is that everyone invests. Every minute of every day, we're investing our time, our skills, our energy, and our money in something. Some of us are investing consciously, some unconsciously, sometimes for good, sometimes for bad, sometimes for no impact. Get Invested will help you to start living by design, not by default. I'm going to help you to make it happen, not let it happen. You will hear the top tips on how you can live with conscious intent so that you can live more, work less, and leave a living legacy by investing now. Listen to the show to discover the top tips on how to get started, make the most of your investment journey, and ultimately to be living your dream, not someone else's. More episodes can be found on iTunes or at bushymartin.com.au forward slash get invested. Thanks for listening. And now let's get invested. Hi, Freedom Fighters. Did you know that over 555,000 residential properties are bought in Australia every year with between 25 to 35% of these being investment properties? Now I know firsthand how good property investment can be to help you enjoy a great lifestyle. Yet sadly, only 5% or about 1 in 20 investors achieve sustainable success. And unfortunately, property investing is the second most common reason that Australians lose money. Why is this? Well, many private property investors and homeowners want to invest in property and live the dream. But they're often not informed enough about the risks that come with it due to three things. Firstly, the sheer volume of investment information that often provides conflicting advice. Secondly, interested parties such as real estate agents and developers providing biased advice from their vested interests. And thirdly, reliance on existing property reports that only focus on current or past market values, data or conditions. So one of the key secrets of a success in property is to access current, high-quality, independent and objective forward-looking research based on the key investment criteria integrated with economic forecast algorithms. And the only place you're going to find this in Australia is with RiskWise Property Research. So check them out at www.riskwiseproperty.com.au So to help you to tackle the future and invest with confidence, this week's episode is part two of the special chat with Doran Peleg. Last week, we looked at the past, summarised the learnings, and reinforced the benefits of adopting RiskWise's unique macro to micro research approach. If you haven't listened to part one, go back and have a listen to this first, as it forms the basis of today's forward-looking discussion. This week, we take last week's learnings and we look to the future. We glean Doran's well-informed and intelligent insights into what is likely to happen that will influence property nationally and conclude with a detailed rundown of where are the best areas to invest across the country moving forward 
if you're looking for sustainable growth. So if you want to know what is likely to happen with your property in the future, or you want to know what to invest in and where, then you can't afford to miss today's informative insights from the intelligent and entertaining Doran Pallet. In terms of your view, and let, let's go macro to micro on this as well, in the context of uh, how you see 2020 shaping up in the in the property side, what's what's going to affect things? What things should be people be aware of, and and where does that leave it in terms of existing property owners and potential property investors? Okay, so look, um, without potential like additional credit restrictions by APRA, which could be applied, yeah, without them, the 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 the, the market is extremely positive okay there are many many indicators that show that mainly in sydney and melbourne but also other areas like southeast queensland uh, the market uh, will perform uh, very very strongly why is that because uh, of a few reasons the first one um the sentiment has completely changed price sex uh, uh, increase expectations are very very strong the second one is that all the negative things that we had were effectively reversed. We don't have the uh, political uncertainty or the taxation changes uncertainty. Um, it's way, way uh, more affordable to buy an investment property. The out-of-pocket for investors is very, very low, the interest rate, and also for owner occupiers is very, very low. The lending restrictions were reversed, effective, not exactly reversed, but are uh, not as strong as they were. And in addition, you have a lot of burgers on the market. If you have properties that uh, a couple of years ago were, let's say, 700, and now they're around the, the 620 or 650, yeah. It's plain English well below what, what they had and all the projections are suggesting that it is highly likely that the market will reach a new peak in uh, 2020, yeah. which means anything that, that uh, you buy below the peak will definitely uh, be uh, profitable if it was below the, the, uh, the peak price. So that, that's very simple. Yeah. The only problem or the only concern is actually the regulator because so far the investor activity has increased but not that much because the investor journey usually takes a bit more time yeah okay from the point of time that an investor makes a decision i'm going potentially to buy sorry not a decision as an idea to potentially buy an investment property Okay, until the settlement, usually it's six to 12 months. Yeah. And don't forget that the recent changes happened effectively only in, in June. Okay? Yeah. Which means that we're going to see an increase in investor activity. We've seen that, but we're going to see further increase uh, from uh, February next year. Yeah. And then... 
if we see a strong increase in investor activity plus very strong price increases in Sydney and Melbourne, the regulator can come and say, okay, let's reintroduce uh, credit restrictions on, on investors. Why? Because um, number one, it will uh, cool the market a bit. And when I say a bit, it's not price reductions. It's just instead of delivering double digits capital growth, to deliver, let's say, 3 to 5% capital growth. Number two, investors are a very easy target. Okay, it's very popular to say, let's say, reduce investor activity yeah. and increase first on buyers' activity, yeah. right? Then the other way around. Yeah. No one wants to hear that uh, investor activity is uh, at record levels and first on buyers is at record low, right? It's, yeah. it's not good news. Yeah. And the third thing is that credit restrictions were proven recently as very effective on investors, which means there is a method. It was tested live and proven a very effective thing. So just repeat what you've done successfully. Mm. So, so this, this, this could be a big one on the market. But mm. if we do not have any changes to credit uh, restrictions, then uh, it's going to be a very, very strong uh, year to the market. And also there is the realization, again, that long term is, is, is the game. Yeah. That there is a huge undersupply of, uh, of houses and all the, the fundamentals are there. Yeah, it's spot on. No, that's, that's brilliant. Uh, if we look sort of more locally, uh, there's been if we, uh, South Australia, for example, is going through uh, changes to land tax, and uh, I've had a good look at that. While there was a lot of uh, media noise at the top end of town around the impacts that land tax would have for the average mum and dad investor, they're actually going to be better off with the land tax changes. Uh, we're seeing uh, changes to the residential tenancy legislation in Victoria and Queensland, uh, which, again, there's been mixed reports around uh, the impact that's at, that might have on demand, but also property values. Have you had a chance to have a look at um, uh, that in any detail and, and what, if any, impacts that, that might might flow through into the property arena? Yeah, a bit. And uh, I'll, I'll actually start from the bottom line. What we've seen is that, generally speaking, those are not considered uh, in good markets as uh, changes with material impact. Yeah. Okay, now, usually the, the fundamentals of the market, especially when you talk about, uh, let's say, Sydney or Melbourne, or in this case, uh, it could be Adelaide, are, are the key drivers, or they have uh, something like 80 to 90% of the, of the driver for the changes. Yeah. And the additional things regarding uh, a bit more taxation and changes, as, as long as they are not radical, and I'll, I'll explain in a second what a radical is, yeah. they only have a marginal impact on the market. Yeah. When do you see a major impact on the market? If you have a search on property investors that you want, uh, let's say, yeah, um, additional uh, stamp duty of 8% instead yes. of 4%. Yeah. And you also want to have a special searches of additional 4% and you inflate the property value by 8% on, pro on foreign investors, this is a material impact, okay? Yes. Yeah. 
if uh, you change the taxation, uh, the land tax completely, and you're saying that uh, the primary place of residence is not exempted from land tax, this will have a huge impact on the market. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because then we talk about in many, many areas in, in Sydney, the land tax, the annual land tax is deep into the five figures. I bet. Okay? Yeah. This, this would have um, a, a huge impact. But all, all the other changes, when, when, you, take, when you take the uh, quantitative look, and again, if you remember the previous uh, lesson that we talked about, cash flow versus uh, capital growth, you see that this has some moderate impact on cash flow, but it, it's not it's not it's not enough to 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 shift the market. Yeah, yeah, now, brilliant. That's good. Are there any uh, other headwinds? And I'm thinking here, probably more broadly, in the context of the mainstream media, often like to keep us uh, fearful of what's happening both globally and and nationally. Are there any headwinds that you're seeing that that may have an influence on the on property moving forward, Don? Look, generally speaking, the media need good headlines, right? So if someone uh, uh, with, with a nice uh, title and uh, alleged credibility is going to say that the property prices could fall by 50%, <laughs> excellent, a great headline, okay? Yeah. Now, why? Because if, if look at me, if I'm the reporter... I have um, allegedly a well-regarded person, yeah? yeah, gave me a really nice headline. I'm obviously quoting him, which means it's his accountability. He's going to make fun of himself, right? <laughs> obviously, I'm going to quote him and I'm going to pretend that uh, he's a really smart person. I'm going to ask him uh, some uh, trigger questions, yeah, to have even a, a bigger headline, yeah? Now, the point is to eliminate the background noise, yeah? To look at it, yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a funny story. <laughs> that's an entertaining story, okay? <laughs> it, it's more, look, when I, when I read things like that, it's, uh, uh, it's very similar to, I don't know, to gossip and things like that. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's a meaningless thing for entertainment, <laughs> and and this is yeah and and this is a key thing because when when you look obviously we all use the media yeah, and I read a lot I read everything mm. but what 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 you need to do is to focus and to say look who are the I don't know three or four or five uh, um, research houses or economics that uh, I would like to to uh, to review and see what's happening yeah yeah. Let's say that I really like to, to review and to, to follow uh, Bill Evans from, from Westpark and let's say Shane Oliver from uh, AMP. Okay? Yep. For, for our discussion. Uh, so I, I see, and I, like, I also love, by the way, Pete uh, Wurgent, yeah? Yeah, so, me too. Yeah, and Alan Kohler is, I mean, he's not very property pro, but he, his uh, overall read of the. Uh, uh, economics is pretty good. Exactly. So yeah, th- th- these are just examples now, and 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 you have you have those, you have a few others. Yeah, it yeah. makes sense what they're saying. It's a very factual based. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, these guys have a good uh, reputation, credibility. Obviously, no one is perfect. Every, everyone can can make some mistake, which is fine. Yeah. That's not the point. The point is that this is the general direction. Yeah. And if someone uh, out of the blue uh, comes and uh, uh, has a huge headline about something that is is, is completely different from uh, these. Uh, from what these uh, res- uh, gentlemen are saying, yeah. I'm saying, okay, look, eh, I understand it, but seriously, it's it's not it's not a, an intelligent conversation, okay? It's not that the headline is is really funny, entertaining, <laughs> newsworthy, definitely yeah. for the fun, yeah. But th- there's no substance there, yeah. So, so that's what I'm suggesting to to eliminate the background noises and and to focus on 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 the Let's call it reliable and independent, uh, uh, credible people that that uh, uh, you know. One hundred percent, mate. Uh, the uh, most of the those uh, industry pundits that you've spoken about are forecasting at least one and probably two more rate drops uh, fairly early in the new year when the RBA you know, returns in February, and then probably another one, and they're not not too far away. Uh, let's say that both of those don't stimulate the sort of in, inflation or wage growth and unemployment figures that they're looking for. What What's your read on uh, what sort of stimulus, if any, may occur from that point and, and what, if any, impact will that have on property? Okay, so that, that's a good one. Okay, look, generally speaking, and I'm not sure if the RBA... Uh, do, do not know or they pretend that they do not know, but the Australian economy, to my humble opinion, has a major structural problem, okay? Yeah. It's a very simple thing to, to uh, explain. In the past, we had a huge reliance on the mining, okay? Yeah. How does it work? You have a lot of investment in new projects. Those investments require many, many people to provide direct services, which means to work directly for the mining companies and indirect services, okay, to support all of the activities, okay? Yeah. Now, when, when this is uh, significantly reduced, you need to find something else to fill, to fill the gap, okay? Yes. Yeah. Now, currently what we have, what, sorry, what we have currently is simply not enough, okay? So that's why we would see the unemployment is not going down, and more importantly, the underemployment, which means people work part-time and would like to work full-time, okay? Yeah. The current uh, simple measure that we have of under, uh, of sorry, unemployment is, is, uh, is not good enough today. Why? Because the, the market changed. Many people work part-time. Many people are contractors, freelancers. So you need to create, to de- develop a different measure. And we have. We developed something that is called the effective unemployment. Yeah. And these numbers are high. Yeah. And what happens is that the economy, slowly, but uh, uh, clearly, is going down. Which means every time when there is an interest rate reduction, it the stimulation of the economy is to bring it down uh, up to 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 what it was let's six months ago, right? But it's still going down. So every time you need to provide 
more support, but the, the trend is down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it is very, very unlikely. It's possible, but very unlikely that you're going to see good wage growth and good improvement in the employment in the next uh, year or even couple of years. Okay. Yeah. Because we, we simply don't have the right uh, strategy. We don't invest in the uh, in, in the right things, in, in technology, in knowledge-oriented industries. Simple well, as that. I think also, Doran, and I, I know that uh, you know we've sampled some of this ourselves in our own business, uh, there's a lot more outsourcing going overseas. So if, uh, there's a lot of that mundane work uh, that uh, doesn't have a client interface. Uh, sort of VAing it to the Philippines and other parts of the world becomes a fairly cost-effective alternative for particularly small to medium businesses who are you know very focused on the bottom line and i think that that sort of uh, bleeding through the bottom of the bucket exercise is probably not captured too much in the in the figures but would have to be having an impact on uh, on employment levels generally i would have thought of course it is and it happens all the time every there are quite a few small things that you know, in an isolation, they're, they're, they're really small, right? Mm-hmm. But when you start aggregating them, so obviously the aggregated impact is, is, is huge, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, unfortunately, in Australia, and look, currently we are in the 21st century. That's uh, news for the Australian government, I think. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> the 21st century is uh, the, the knowledge century okay yeah everything is about technology innovation and knowledge and we saw that all over the world right we see the electric vehicles that will be here okay and that's it yeah Uh, we see all the big corporations we see artificial intelligence face recognition everything is going towards technology now in that space you have basically only two options Number one, you provide the technology. You are the owner of, of the company or the companies. Number two, you consume or you are the client. Okay. Yep. So currently, um, the US and Israel and other places, they are the owners, they are the providers. In Australia, largely, is the buyer. Simple as that. Now, I don't know about you. But I prefer to be the seller than the buyer. <laughs> now, yeah. yeah. Now, it's not only that. These are, and, and this is another thing that some people do not uh, fully understand. These are highly paid positions, okay? Which means um, if I have two different jobs, person is a barista. Yeah, I don't know, 40, 50, 60,000 a year. I don't know exactly what the, the salary is. Yeah. Another person is a senior IT developer and he, he earns 130. Yeah. Okay? So th- these are completely different things because the person who earns uh, 40 or 50 or 60 uses all his money to pay for um, rent, usually because they don't have a house, right? Yeah. Uh, food yeah. uh, and a bit more, right? And that's it. Yeah. The guy on the 130 has completely different expense patterns, right? Yeah. So he can employ someone who is going to clean his, his house, 
you can spend on restaurants and clothing, on all the stuff, you can save a bit, right? Yeah. And from all the savings, we all can also have investments from the other side, right? P people can borrow the, the, those funds. Yeah. Okay. So these are completely different types of, 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 uh, of uh, positions. And what we had in the past in the mining era, we had a lot of highly paid jobs. Most of them were not sophisticated, but many, many people uh, were deep into the six figures, right? Yeah. And these are the positions that we need. And obviously, if we don't have the mining, we need to have that in the technology. Yeah, totally. And if we have that in the technology, then we're in a better position. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very good read, mate. So, look, just to bring it to a head, uh, I think there's some absolute gold in what you've mentioned there, and 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 drawing a thread through the the keys there, we're we're coming into a very positive environment potentially in property generally. So if I'm an investor, Don, and I've got half a million to six hundred thousand dollars to spend, I'm looking for a house. My focus is on highest growth over the next fifteen years plus. So I'm in it for the long term. Uh, if we go around the country, what would be your top three areas you think that you'd start to uh, focus on in the next next 12 months? So, look, first, Melbourne is the number one, number two and number three, and I'll, I'll tell you which areas and, uh, and, and why and what happens there. Great. So, the key thing with Melbourne is that currently this is the only place that you can have both uh, few, the, the, the combination that you are looking for. Because number one, you're looking for houses. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, you're looking for a really good uh, proximity to the CBD. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And number two, and number three, sorry, you're looking for a sensational long-term uh, sustainable growth and also you would like to reduce the risk, yes. right? Yeah. Now, what happens in uh, Melbourne? And let's let's uh, first talk about the western suburbs. Then about uh, then uh, we'll talk about uh, uh, other areas. Okay. Yeah. Now, what what happens there is something uh, in Melbourne West is 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 number one. Why? Few reasons. The first one. Price range. You, the median AVM for houses is around the six hundred and seventeen thousand dollars. Okay. Yep. Now Melbourne West is replicating the very same patterns that we saw in the western suburbs of Sydney, right. which means gentrification, which means even high crime areas significantly outperform the market. Okay. Yeah. We see land values are going up. Uh, we see a huge undersupply of of uh, 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 properties of houses. Okay. Yeah. Now the great thing about Melbourne is that they also have uh, relatively good plans and rezoning for units. And why is it so good? Because of a, because of a very simple reason. If I have a house, I own the land. And if I own land and there is rezoning in the area, the land value is going up significantly. Yeah. And we saw that a lot in Sunshine and Sunshine West. Yeah. So that there was a funny situation 
where a couple of years ago where houses carry ultra low risk and units carry very high risk. Yeah. Okay, but this is this is so Melbourne West is, is absolutely brilliant. Right. Another another good um, area, another SA4, again with a good proximity to the CBD is the Melbourne Northwest. Yep. Which is a bit uh, uh, further out, and uh, the uh, median prices are six forty-two uh, yep. for houses. And again, very very similar things. Uh, now and again, good good demand and, and affordability is a huge key driver for those areas. Yeah. Now, if you want to go out a bit, and this is an interesting one, it's a uh, Geelong. Now, what happens in Geelong? Is is interesting because of a few few things. So the entire area has been developed and was or is being transferred materially. Mm-hmm. Now it became from a suburb of um, compromise to a sub- an area, sorry, of choice. Yeah, uh, we saw property prices went up really, really significantly. The median. Of a house in the SA4 is about the 600. Yeah. Now there, there are big plans uh, on on the train line between Geelong to Melbourne that it will take you roughly 30 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, this area is also uh, considered really good, and there is another area, and again it's it's a bit outside of of uh, Melbourne. The price is, is a bit high. It's about the 690. But it is a lovely, lovely area that I think that you know really good, which is the Mornington Peninsula. Yeah, yes, beautiful part of the world, mate. Yeah, exactly. It. Now, exactly. Now, what what happens now is that there is also a very strong um, trend. It's more than trend. It's not um, millennial. Yeah, we talk about uh, boomers and uh, Gen X to move to good lifestyle areas. Okay. Uh, we have either the, the sea change or the tree change, and Mornington Peninsula is an, a sensational place, okay? Uh, it's, it's a really good place. It's a beautiful area. The demographics is really good. Uh, it, it's relatively uh, reasonable access to Melbourne. Yeah. Again, the, the prices are not that cheap. It's 693 but when you talk about cost-benefit, uh, this is a really... Magnific- magnificent uh, area. I'm, I'm, and again, yeah, I'm talking yeah. to you from there right now. I'm actually, uh, we've got a second base uh, uh, over in that neck of the woods now, uh, close to my wife's family, uh, and uh, spending more time over here than what we have done in the past. And it is a beautiful spot. And everything you've just said, very easy yeah. to get to the city. It's pretty easy to get to anywhere and a great lifestyle location at the same time. Yeah. And- Yes. Yeah, so first, obviously, you, you know what you are doing. But in addition, what what, uh, what we see lately in in recent years is that when we have uh, more flexible working arrangements, we have more freelancers, we have more experts, we have more let's call it mobile professionals, we have more more people with money who uh, retire or semi-retire. Yeah. So all of these areas of their lifestyle, they enjoy huge demand. Yeah. So if we move um, now to to New South Wales, New, New South Wales is is obviously uh, tricky. Why? 
because we have a problem with the prices there in plain yeah. English, okay? Yeah. If you want something with a relatively good proximity to CBD, it has to start with the seven figures, which is not really good. Yeah. Now, and then what what uh, what we sell in uh, in Sydney is that you have um, a few options. Uh, option number one is to go to the uh, um, outer southwest. Okay, so the the, the hardcore of the, of the western suburbs. Uh, it takes you roughly an hour or so to get to Sydney CBD. Yeah. The key thing with the outer areas of of Sydney is that again because of undersupply of properties in the inner and middle rings and our outrageous property prices, yep. many people have to move out. Another area is the again same same format of uh, kind of western suburbs is the Sydney Blacktown uh, areas. Okay. The third one, which is interesting and has become very popular in recent years, is the central coast. Okay, so we have uh, the median AVM for houses is around the 600. And yep. you have quite a few popular uh, areas there. Now, as you can imagine, areas or suburbs that are big suburbs require premium. Yep. Uh, but you have uh, other suburbs that are not on the beach, but have a good access to the beach. Now, th this area is, is a lovely area. And again, may many people uh, uh, from Sydney move there because you have a lifestyle uh, or beach lifestyle for a fraction of the cost that, that uh, you have in, uh, in Sydney. Mm. Mm. Oh, excellent. What about uh, if we look at Queensland? What, what's your thoughts around Queensland? Okay, so look, uh, Queensland actually is, is an interesting uh, place. So let, let's start, let's talk about Southeast Queensland, okay? Yeah. Let's uh, remove the background noises. Let's not think about central Queensland, mining towns, Cairns. Let's, let's leave it for, yeah. for other discussions. Yeah. Now, in, in Queensland, actually, you have, um, you have quite a few interesting um, things. So... Obviously, the most popular areas, especially when you think about long term and lifestyle and all of those things, are the Sunshine Coast and the Gold Coast. Okay. Now, yeah. the Sunshine Coast, uh, you have a median price of a six forty one. Now, the key thing to understand that the Sunshine Coast is not necessarily Nusa. Nusa is way more expensive. Yeah. But around that area, there are quite a few suburbs with good proximity to the beaches, very popular areas that people really, really like. Yeah. Another area that, again, we see big population growth. We see also um, a lot of uh, developments of units, which means land prices become uh, more expensive, is obviously uh, the Gold Coast, okay? Yeah, right. Um, the median AVM is, is around the, the 669, so obviously you have some areas that are around the, the five to 600. You have yeah. some areas that obviously are more than that. Yeah. Now, if, if we talk about uh, uh, Brisbane, so look, Brisbane um, East and Brisbane South, both of, both of them are relatively um, well-located, well uh, good access to the CBD, a good prices, uh, 
the the south area is uh, is more expensive with the 680 AVM. Yeah. Uh, Brisbane East is uh, more affordable with the 560. Okay. okay. Yeah. Now, if you have the uh, lower end of the market, which means your your budget is uh, below the five, between the, the four to five, then you can go out to, but you have to be patient. You have to go to areas like uh, uh, other Moroton Bay. Yeah. Which is also a lovely area, Moroton mm. Bay North or Moroton Bay uh, South. Yeah. And 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 the point here that. Uh, obviously, Moreton Bay is the same side of the Sunshine Coast, but but not as popular, right? And you have a, a bit more development there, so you just need to be a bit more patient. Mm. But yeah. if you have lower lower budget, that this is uh, uh, these are the places for you. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, you mentioned South Australia as well. Uh, let's let's have a quick chat about SA. Uh, are there any particular yeah. locations there that you think? Um, uh, so, so, so look, the, the key problem with, with the this South Australia is, is the budget. Yeah. Why is that? Because well, well, you know why is that? Because <laughs> you're from there. Because when when you talk about the budget of let's say the, the five to six hundred, it doesn't it doesn't leave you with the, with the, uh, many options. Effectively, you have Adelaide South yeah. and Adelaide West. Yeah. 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 Basically, basically that that that's that's basically it. If uh, yeah, if you have um, unlimited budget, uh, then this is this is a different uh, conversation because sure. uh, you have uh, Adelaide Central uh, and Hills. I I uh, specifically like like the the Hills area. Yeah, me too. Which is uh, a really good combination of uh, beautiful houses. Uh, good access to the CBD. The problem is that uh, the, the prices are start start from the mid sevens. Yeah. In many cases, it goes way way deep into the seven figures. Yeah. If you're looking for a house that ticks uh, all the all the boxes, okay. Mm-hmm. On on the other end, you don't want to go to uh, the southeast or to the outback. With the the property prices are way 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 lower, but also the risk. And and the the um, the demand is is not is not as good. Yeah, no critical mass to to drive the economies in those areas. So a bit like a mining town, you, you're uh, going to be very hit and miss and a bit of a roller coaster ride. So uh, not not the sustainability in those locations. That's premium, mate. Well, look, uh, really appreciative of your time, uh, mate. I know how precious that time is. You've given us some brilliant insights across. Uh, What's happened? What we can learn from it? Uh, what what's about to happen? What that means to existing and would be investors? And a really good drill down on uh, where to look, given those sort of price parameters we spoke about. Uh, always love talking to you, mate. Uh, I'm going to really encourage the listeners to jump on your site, uh, Riskwise Property, and uh, uh, subscribe to those re- reports we spoke about uh, because they really are uh, giving them true independent uh, insights on where things are happening and I, I love the way you call it how it is there's no vested interest in what you're saying Doran it's it's just how you see it based on the uh, quite intricate parameters that you build around assessing uh, 
what's happening in in property. So uh, very appreciative to have you back, and want to continue to do this with you, Doran, because uh, your insights. Uh, you talk about the few people that you should listen to. You're one of them. Now, I add you to that that list uh, for myself. So would be very um, humbled if you're happy to continue to join me on Get Invested to give uh, regular updates on what's happening in property around the country. Yeah, definitely, Bushy. First, uh, thank you so much for really for having me and all the all the nice words and compliments, which is really good. <laughs> and uh, definitely, just uh, let me know. I'm always here to, to help. And again, just say it as it is. Yep. It is what it is, right? It is what it is, mate. Good on you, mate. Cheers. Cheers. Well, freedom fighters, how good was that? To get a summary of all this investment gold in the show notes, just email me on hello at khgroup.com.au. It's H-E-L-L-O at khgroup.com.au. Or check us out at www.bushymartin.com.au forward slash get invested. I look forward to joining you next week for another episode of the Get Invested podcast. So thanks for listening. And as always, dream as if you live forever and live as if you die tomorrow.